0: Hallelujah! Christ is risen. Hallelujah! Uh, I have something I want to show you guys. So I have a little box here filled with uh, things of mine that are important, um, things that I've written, that I've uh, that's been written to me, the books and stuff that I, I've I've kept, and I want to share it with you as we get into our text. Um, yeah. So the first thing here is a uh, is a college paper I wrote. Uh, it's kind of significant because uh, it was due last minute. So I, so I had to do all the readings and then write this paper throughout the night and turn it in. Um, well, I wrote this paper. You could say this was written so that I could get an A on it. Um, yeah, instead I got a B. But <laughs> that's all right. It worked I I, uh, I passed the class anyway. So well, that's why this was written. Um, right here I have a, a few notes from middle school. Uh, there was a cute girl, so uh, I wrote these to her, and uh, you could say that these were written so that I could get a girlfriend, and uh, it worked, briefly, uh, but it worked. So, But I wouldn't recommend that at my age now, it doesn't really, doesn't really get across, but I have another thing, this is a book, this is a book, I didn't write it, this was a, it's Chronicles of Narnia, but it's a book I like a lot, and uh, I really enjoy it. Um you could say that the author this was written so people could be entertained and enjoy a story and uh, find some meaning, and uh, I certainly enjoyed it it 's a great book. Ten out of ten would recommend for you, so this is good and then oh last year right here i got I got a little uh, uh education type book here. This is uh, one I had to read for school. Um, what does this mean? Yeah, right. Um, well, you could say that this was written so that I could learn something from it. Um, yeah, I ended up asking what does this mean anyway the whole time. So I had to, yeah, I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out at some point. But, you know, this box is filled with things that people wrote to me, what I wrote to others. Um, there, was a, there was a reason for it. There's purpose for why I wrote them. And, uh, well, that's what we do. We have things we write to people to show our affection, to have a story to entertain, to make someone laugh. There's a reason behind it why we write to people, why we have spoken language. And uh, our gospel reading from today, John writes that Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. And that by believing you may have life in his name. John writes that because that's the purpose of his gospel. And uh, I think that could be extended to the whole Bible. That the whole Bible was written so that so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ. And that by believing you would have life in his name. But I'm a little cynical. And uh, well, I can't help but wonder... Is that it? Like, this is your way to convince people? Is this book the only way we can convince or compel people to believe? Because to be quite honest, it's not, it's not the best way to convince someone. I think there's other ways we can do that. We can, we can use some facts, we can use some science, maybe some actual data that we can put together and, and to actually convince someone, develop a good argument maybe have some good discussion, that would actually convince someone. Because if we're going to use these stories and use these, these old, old books that we've just handed down the last 2,000 years, I'm not sure I can convince anyone by it. But if we had something that we actually, a new book maybe, something with some facts, something with something real, because it would make dealing with my atheist friends a little better a little easier so i can convince them or maybe my ag- agnostic family members then they would be persuaded so that they may believe that jesus is the christ i mean is it unreasonable to suggest that we could we could have a better book maybe have some better facts something more convincing From our gospel lesson, Thomas needed a little more convincing, it seemed. As you heard from our gospel lesson, it began with uh, the disciples, the ten of them, in this room, a locked room, and and then Jesus appears before them and says, Peace be with you, and they're frightened. But this is Jesus, resurrected in all his glory, and he appears before the disciples. And you know what the cool thing is? Is even though they ran away and, and abandoned him, Jesus decides to commission them. He decides to make them, to send them out just as the Father had sent him, to send them to preach forgiveness, to tell others that Jesus has risen from the dead. That's pretty cool that he would do that. And the next part's kind of funny to me, I think, because these disciples, Jesus comes before them, and Thomas wasn't there, unfortunately, but these disciples get this commission. To, to preach that Jesus is risen for forgiveness. And the first person they get to tell, it's Thomas, one of their brothers, one of the guys that's been with them the whole time. And they get to tell Thomas for the first time, you know, hey, Jesus is risen, man. And Thomas, he hears the news and he's like, what are you talking about? I, I don't believe that. What are you talking? That's not, that's not a thing. That doesn't happen. Thomas, hey, what are you doing? These are your buddies. They're not trying to deceive you. They're not trying to push something on you. They're just giving you a message. You can trust them. They're the closest thing to family. But Thomas, hes he won't bend. He says, you know, I'm, unless I see the hands where the nails had been, unless I put my hand in his side, I will never believe. That's not doubting Thomas. That's unbelieving Thomas. Thomas, that's quite the ultimatum. Why can't you trust these disciples, these apostles? And rather than trust and believe the message that they had for him, Tom wanted to believe the message on his own terms. He wanted ownership of this message, whether it was because he may have felt left out, not included in Jesus showing himself, or maybe he was just skeptical from the start, I don't know. But Thomas would only meet this message on his own terms in his own backyard. He wasn't going to have these disciples, these disciples, these brothers of him, convince him. He was going to take it into his own hands. But I mean, we wouldn't do that. We're the people that Jesus would call blessed right? He tells Thomas, blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. It's 2,000 years since Christ's ascension. We're the blessed. Come on, Tom, figure it out. Put it together. Well, not so fast. Because uh, I remember a time in high school, there was a good friend of mine, but I got in in a pretty heated argument with him. And uh, it was kind of over the fact he, he was one of those, he had one of those problems with not understanding how a loving God could have allow bad things to happen. And I'm sure you've had that discussion before, or you've experienced those same sort of doubts. But we got into just the fight over words, and uh, he would make these accusations and claims and stuff, and, and I was in church and stuff, and I could sort of respond, mainly because he hadn't thought about it enough, but... I would be able to respond and rebut some of the things. And then, uh, well, it just got heated. And But but you know when you win an argument, you know how you know you win, is because when the other person is like, you know what, I don't want to talk about this anymore, just drop it, this is just how it is. Well, the unfortunate thing is that no one actually wins those arguments. Because we just looked at one another with a little more content, we didn't, I wasn't more convinced by his position and he wasn't more convinced on mine. And what bothered me the most about it is to think of the fact that this is a someone who God had created. Someone in whom he sent his son to die and rise to redeem and to restore. And I treated them as some sort of enemy that needed to be destroyed. Some person that needed to be just vehemently corrected rather than as some Child of God, because I wanted to prove my own point. And then I realized it's not because I was trying to convince him to believe, but it's in some way was trying to convince myself. To convince myself this is the truth, to find my own assurances by using the Bible and the message to manipulate it for my own assurance. I wanted to take ownership of it and then manipulate it or, or beat someone over the head with it to let them know this is the way it is. When in reality, I needed to be assured myself, to make it more believable to me. Maybe we're not too different from Thomas because we want to believe on our own terms. We need our own facts, we need our own numbers. And maybe those requests are reasonable. It's like, Lord, I, there's my child's in the hospital. If you would, I would go to church more. I'll go to Bible study if you would heal. Lord, my parents, they're, they're not able to make ends meet. If you only would provide for them, I'll, I'll start praying more. I'll start reading the Bible. And we'd rather try to meet halfway with God rather than letting what John would describe as the Word take a hold of us, and change us. And by the word, I'm not talking about the Bible. John's gospel opens up with this uh, beautiful prologue. And it it opens up with, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God, and, and through the word all things were made. But John doesn't reach this climax and say, and the word was written down. climaxes and the word became flesh and dwelt among us flesh is what appeared before the disciples in that upper room flesh is what appeared before Thomas and Jesus said to him put your finger here and see the nails in my hands put your hand and place it in my side do not disbelieve but believe The fact of the matter is, is we want to be assured of the faith that we believe. And there's nothing wrong with finding assurance. That's why we hold to the Bible so close. That's why we defend it to, against those who want to oppose it. But we miss the whole point if we look towards the Bible and we look for the right answers. We read its story and we read its message of these witnesses. And we we want to find a way to just beat it over someone's head. To make things work together. To make it fit. Because these aren't written to give you the right answer. It's not so that we could lord it over people. But these are written to tell a story of God and his creation. These are written to show how humanity had messed up God's creation. And instead of destroying it and starting over, God decided he was going to renew it and restore it. These are written to show how God sent his son into the world to do just that, to be in the flesh. This is the story of God in which Jesus, who came into this world, into his own, and was rejected by his own people, and that they killed him and put him on a cross. These are written to show how Jesus, the son of God, rose from the dead so that he could defeat death, defeat sin, and offer up salvation. The truth is, is that the Gospel of John, the whole Bible, it didn't just fall out of the heavens and right into the apostles' laps. But these were written by people of the church, by Christians. Christians who witness the Word in flesh, the person of Jesus Christ. And these Christians, they continued to speak and proclaim that word, that Jesus, after his ascension. They preached it to others. And these Christians took the word and wrote it down in books and letters. And they wrote them down, not to push some sort of agenda, some set of values that we have to follow or an ideology, but... To do what John says so straightforwardly, so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. And that by believing you may have life in his name. You are brought into that story of God. You are brought into that story in which the Word in flesh reclaims you and restores you and puts you underneath his providential care. You are redeemed by the word that became flesh and dwelt among his own. The word that takes all our doubts, all our disbeliefs, and puts them to death. And you receive that word here at your baptism with real water. And the word is written on your hearts. And the Lord's name is placed on you. The word in flesh here at the Lord's table where Jesus Promises you, this is my body, this is my blood, given for you. The author of life writes you into his story so that you could be Christ in the flesh to others around you. That you are renewed and created into who you were supposed to be. Not so that you have all the right answers right in front of you not so that you have the right values, but it's so that you could continue that love of God to your neighbor in the various ways you do in your vocations and all the spheres of influence that you have. Because this same word of God, Jesus Christ, was given for the world. And the story of God in Jesus Continues through you. So that these are written, so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in His name. Hallelujah. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Amen.